0: Welcome. Money Grows on Trees podcast. My name's Lloyd Ross, and this episode is called The Debt Ceiling, or we should re- retitle it to What's up with the debt ceiling? What is this debt ceiling thing you keep hearing about in the financial news? If you read the financial news or you're watching TV, and or I don't know who watches TV anymore, if you're reading things on your phone and seeing things pop up about the debt ceiling and how it's, it's kind of like royal markets lately, it's created a lot of fear and uncertainty and doubt, in global markets, I want to explain to you what it is and why there's really not much to worry about, typically, with it, and it's very predictable as to what happens and how you can benefit from it, okay? So this is all about the US debt ceiling and, and how it really uh, makes an impact, what it what it's really all about, to be honest. So let me explain to you in this episode what it is, why it's in place, um, what to be concerned about and what not to be concerned about, <clears throat> and how you can benefit from it, okay? so. Uh, Let me go back to the beginning. So the debt ceiling, okay, was created in 1917, okay? And the idea of it was to give the the Treasury uh, more control over borrowing money to spend on the country, right? The USA. So what would typically happen is the Treasury would have to go to Congress and ask permission every time it wanted to issue new bonds and raise money. Okay, and borrow money, effectively. So it was painful to do that. They're like, oh, every time we wanna borrow more money to go and spend to you know, in infrastructure and all this type of stuff to, to run the economy and run the country, we have to ask permission from Congress. And so what they did was they said, well, look, why don't we do it this way? Instead of you having to come every time and ask us, we're just gonna give you a limit. And so the limit is what you can spend, okay, for the for X amount of, just the limit you can spend, okay? And so, if what gets to that limit, then you've got to ask permission. So instead of asking permission every time they wanted to borrow, they just they could borrow a certain amount, and then they'd go have to go ask for permission. That's kind of how it, how it evolved. Okay, that's why it kind of came into place in nineteen seventeen to make things more efficient. All right, in the treasury, at the treasury level. So the treasury is obviously the financial part of the U.S. government that taxes people, creates income from. Through the IRS, and of course borrows money and then spends money on developing the public works of the country. So here's the thing about the debt level that it's called the debt ceiling, right? Uh, the longest stable level, the longest part, the longest time it was actually at the same, the same level. It was stable at that same level for eight years. That's the longest it's never been changed. Okay, so that's quite a long time, eight years. So what that tells you is that it is typically changed quite a bit. So the debt ceiling is usually increased. I don't know it for it to come down. It's typically increased uh, every couple of years, okay? So since inception in 1917, it's been raised 78 times. That's how much, that's how often the debt ceiling has been raised, 78 times. So is it going to happen again? I would suggest it's likely, okay? So don't be worried by it. In fact, every couple of years, it's, it's you know... You see in the news, oh, the debt ceiling has to be negotiated and what if we go into default? And this whole story, I've been watching this unfold every couple of years for the last two decades. Like, it's not new. (laughs) So you'll be happy to know it's very, very common, all right? So check it out, right? But what's happened is in the last, I would say the last 20 years, the debt limit has, I would suggest it, I wouldn't even say the last 20. I think really probably the last um, 30 Thirty-five years, it's really exploded. Okay, so check it out. Normally, the debt ceiling uh, it, they they typically raise the debt ceiling when they want to spend more, and they usually spend more during very uncertain times. So, like, a lot of the debt ceiling was, or the debt ceiling was raised quite high after 9-11 for those reasons because they needed to raise money to go to war in in the Middle East. Um, then it was raised again in 2008 because they needed to bail out the banks and get through the financial crisis. And most recently, it was raised drastically during COVID where they were literally borrowing money to hand out money to everyone because they were locking everyone up for lockdowns, right? So, so there, were, there were some big movements in the debt ceiling in those times for those reasons. So here's the thing, you have to understand, when they do that, they're actually taking income from citizens, from tax, Okay, and they're spending it on these things. So just so you know, if you're a citizen of the United States or in your own country, if they're doing things with your money too, it's your money. They're taking your money from your work and they're either giving it to people during COVID because they would do lockdowns because they don't flip and, I don't know, it was just a a reactive thing, all right? And no one knew what was going on, but that's what they did. And they bailed out the banks, okay? Which is why Main Street was irritated by bailing out the banks for their own stupidity. And then 2001, right? Effectively, the public funds a war. It's crazy, right? So this is, this is uh, where all the debt comes from. So, what the debt ceiling was two trillion. Check it out. It was two trillion in nineteen eighty five. Okay, and since nineteen eighty five, uh, with a series of debt ceiling increases, it's now ballooned to thirty one trillion dollars. Okay, so yeah, it's like that's a lot. It's what. 15-fold increase in 40 years it's huge um, so if it keeps getting extended what does it actually do? well so long as the United States is is growing its productivity and it's producing income from tax which it is and it can certainly tax people more which it's looking at doing at the moment I believe um, and as long as they don't you know spend crazy the United States is a powerful profit machine it is the most it is the most profitable country on earth still and so you know it's got the ability to produce money so you know it's not crazy it's i mean most people are probably more indebted you know on a personal level than the united states is on a national level so you know finance starts at home kids um but usually it's not so much of a problem because it's managed but here's what happens it's used more as a a, like a political football between the conservative party and the, so let's say the Republican Party and the Democrat Party, okay, and it's used as like a negotiating thing, where the party who both parties can use it as leverage against the other, okay. That's usually what it's for, because at the end of the day, neither party is gonna is going to leave the debt ceiling as is and default, okay. Because if they don't change the debt ceiling and don't modify it, then they don't have enough money to fund the country. the military pay the public services and effectively they default on their bonds and if that was to happen the united states if the united states defaulted uh on its borrowings the stock market would tumble by at least 50 percent i think there'd be about 10 million jobs lost and it would cost the economy 200 billion dollars a month it's a bad thing (laughs) the the repercussions of a default is incredible Like. There's no way either party is going to let that happen, okay? So let's say, for example, um, I think the Republican Party in the most recent negotiation, uh, President Joe Biden said, well, we're not going to negotiate. We're going to increase the debt ceiling because we need to spend money on all these things for the people, right? Because the Democrat Party is typically, uh, it's very much here like the Labor Party is in Australia. They're all about, you know, the, the people, you know, like, oh, what about the workers and the people? And, you know, they're kind of like, you know, give more welfare and they're more of a socialist style um, policies, right? Whereas the Republicans are more conservative, okay, in terms of, well, we're for big business and we want, you know, the, we want to more free business, enterprise and so forth. And so each party has their own policies. And so typically the, the Republicans want to usually rein in debt, typically, not always. But more recently, they know it's a bit of a problem, it's getting a bit out of control. So they're saying, hey, listen, Joe, we want you to cut spending by $4 trillion over a certain time frame. And it was a, it was a huge number, $4 trillion. And so Joe's like, well, I'm not going to negotiate with that. It's ridiculous. So Joe said, I'm not going to negotiate. And then, of course, the news gets hold of it and goes, hey, there's a, there's, a, there's a standoff between the Republicans and the Democrats. They're not going to increase the debt ceiling. We're going to go into default. And all of a sudden, all this fear, uncertainty, and doubts for the news, and it lands into your Instagram inbox and you freak out Well, you see it in the news. You're like, what the heck is that? And all of a sudden you start selling your shares and the market starts to fall, which is what's happened in the last few weeks. The market is doesn't like the news and it's like, oh my God. So all this fear and uncertainty and doubt is causing drops in the market, okay? And so you might freak out and sell your shares or your real estate thinking, oh my God, the, the US is gonna default. We're all gonna die. It's gonna be bad. Whereas what's actually happening is the political parties are using it as a leverage tool, okay? Because the Republicans know that the Democrats aren't going to agree to that, um, and so the Joe Biden comes to the table and says, "Look, that's ridiculous, but here's what I will do," and they will then provide a counter offer. Okay, so what has actually happened is Biden has come to the table after saying he's not going to negotiate, and he is negotiating. All right, so they've come to as recently as last night. So what's this now? I think it's the first. Is it the first of June today? Um, as little as 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 late as last night, or as early as last night, they've come to an agreement, and it's now going to Congress to get passed to raise the debt ceiling. Okay, does that make sense? So that's where it's at right now, and it looks to me like it's probably going to get passed uh, as it is, because if they both agree, there's no reason why Congress wouldn't pass it. Um, in actual fact, the debt ceiling. It no other country has this, by the way. It's just the U.S. that has it. They don't really need the debt ceiling they can really just um they can just borrow and, and and raise money through taxes and spend accordingly um they don't actually need a debt ceiling they can just run the country like it's like it's like saying to you going in and asking your parents if you need to get their approval before you go borrow money you know yourself you don't need you don't need to ask that you're a, you're an adult right but where it is handy i think is that it does Create accountability for spending, so I think it's a wonderful thing to have there, because it does bring up the conversation of hey, maybe we are spending too much money, maybe we are borrowing too much money. So I like the fact that the two parties get to kind of stash it out a bit. But what it's not, it's not good for is it's not good for um, the you know retail investors to have to watch this if they're not used to it, because it's silly. It's just it does it, There's nothing to really worry about. The only thing that you would worry about is if the if is if. Congress is not aware of the spending problem. And I think they are. I mean, it's very obvious. Um, and they're not taking steps to rein it in. And so the Republican Party is negotiating to bring some se- um, savings in various areas. So they'll look to save money in, you know, the, uh, the IRS, I think, is looking to save, cut some costs there, which is kind of cool. <laughs> um, and they look to cut spending in different areas. And so yeah, they are on top of it. It's just, it's not a serious problem, right? So, um, I think what's happened in lately, because of all those things I mentioned before with 9-11 and, and 08 and, and the pandemic, the debt levels of the United States obviously have gone up drastically, but it used to be about 40% of GDP. So they were kind of like borrowing 40, against 40% of their gross income, but now it's up to 100%. So like, for example, let me pull it on a smaller scale for you. It's like you and you're earning, um, let's say 100 grand a year, you're earning 100,000 a year. It's like you borrowing a $100,000. Does that make sense? So yeah, it's not drastic. It's not ideal, but at the same time, I don't think it's a serious problem. Um, this is going to be a contentious issue in politics for the foreseeable future where one party wants to use a lot of the wealth in the country to help the people at a ground level. And the other party wants to help business grow because you know they feel that free enterprise does a better job. So there's gonna be this to and fro forever. Um, one party wants to spend, one party wants to save and vice versa, it can flip. So I think it's just always gonna happen. So I just don't want you to be worried when you see it in the news, oh, the debt ceiling, because they always come to an impasse. So let me explain to you now how you can make, how you can make or take advantage of that. Because of this, and because I have seen this happen time and time again, I know that it creates uncertainty in markets, and I know that the markets fall because of it. So because of this, markets have fallen, and only as recently as probably two weeks ago, I think, uh, I made some big changes in our share portfolio to take advantage of this. So I'm loading up on certain things that have been hit hard by this particular fear uncertainty and doubt. And I feel like it's been a great opportunity to load up on assets that are taking a hit, um, on assets that are taking a hit from the banking crisis as well as the debt ceiling issues. And and fear and uncertainty and doubt creates opportunity. If you know what you're doing, if you know what you're dealing with, like my experience in the debt ceiling thing has been available to me so I can leverage that because I've, I've been around long enough and I know that it's going to come to a conclusion. Um, and I know... It, it, you just got to look for the facts beyond the noise. Most people are driven by noise, which is news, and they're not driven and news and price. That's all they look at, or what their friend says on Reddit. But you got to be driven by the signal, which is actually the facts. And that's why I am so confident with, with money and investing and so forth. I just don't worry about it so much because I know what the facts are, and so I don't let clickbait or the news or anything that like that drive my, my own reactive decision making. But what I do do is I let it drive down the value or the price of assets that I know are very valuable, and it allows me to pick up those assets for a cheaper price. So you've gotta learn to use this fear and uncertainty and doubt that the news creates to your advantage, okay? So I hope that makes sense. That's all about the US debt ceiling. Now you know about it. I would an employee to go do some research on it, learn about it, and understand that this is gonna keep happening. And it's about how you approach it as to whether you decide to make money out of it or not, okay, in your investing. So thanks again for tuning into this episode. Don't forget to grab our books. Go to the show notes if you like to. I think there's a fair few links there that Phil puts in. Link to my book. Link to our, our free Telegram channel. Um, and also, if you haven't yet understood this, with our book, we have this cool promotion at the moment. where If you grab a book, you get two complimentary coaching calls one of our professional coaches, okay? Um, very valuable, obviously. So if you get the book, you can grab that now. And um, what else is there? I'm, coming, I'm doing a masterclass coming up. It may have already happened. Jump into our Facebook group to watch the replay. The Facebook group is Money Grows on Trees Facebook group. You can go to my Instagram and, and check out the highlights. You can access the podcast that way. You can access the the Facebook group and and, and some other stuff there. So hit me up on Instagram if you want an ep- me to do an episode to send me a message. Um, and of course, Really appreciate you sharing this, uh, this podcast. Thank you for the five star reviews. They're growing, you know, week by week, month by month, which is fantastic. And uh, I hope I'm bringing value to you in the space of finance, investing, and entrepreneurship. If you'd love me to do an episode, reach out. Many more cool episodes coming. Can't wait to talk to you again on the next episode of Money Growth Tree.